you're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. Now I gotta go into my YouTube voice, ready? You'll notice a distinct difference between my normal voice and my YouTube voice. In this podcast, we're gonna talk about Ultra MAGA going absolutely nuts over a speech Biden gave recently in Philadelphia. Latinos for Trump founder Bianca Grazia completely turning on her god emperor, Donald Trump. Just how extreme Pennsylvania governor candidate Doug Mastriano really is, and how he manipulates people into thinking he's not extreme at all. We also take voicemails. If you want to leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. If you want to send an email instead, the email address is telltalemailbag at gmail.com. This is Greg Locke, and he is probably most famous for being deathly afraid of witches. Apparently, as it turns out, somebody has been going to his church and slipping tarot cards under the wood chips because he holds his services in a big circus tent with a wood chip ground or whatever, and they've been putting tarot cards under the wood chips, and it's been freaking him out hard. Listen to what he had to say here, July 6, 2022. People take little tarot cards, the spirit of Santeria and things like that, and they slip them under the chips. I think we'd be shocked at what's under these chips. Interesting way to protest, in my opinion, Um, putting tarot cards under his wood chips like that. I think I'm a fan. He's so freaked out about this that he performed an exorcism on his congregation. He thought that they were being possessed by demons because there are tarot cards under the wood chips. So before I start talking about the cult, here's what I'm going to say. If we got any spirits in this room tonight connected to the occult, right this moment you leave this room, and right this moment you come up and you get out. I want every spirit right now connected to a fortune teller, connected to a tarot card, or connected to a psychic reading to leave these people right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Every spirit and demon... Okay, so he runs this exorcism on his people, right? And he thought that that solved the problem. Apparently, it didn't solve the problem because a month later, he comes out on stage and makes an announcement. But then after mass deliverance, all the chairs are coming up because we're going to do something that's going to kind of get rid of the nostalgia effect of the tent meeting, but we have to do it. We're having some skid loaders coming here tomorrow. We're getting rid of all these cedar chips and we're going with the turf all the way through the entire tent because these witches keep slipping in here, hiding stuff in the in the chips, hiding pentagrams and amulets and all kind of little uh, infinity symbols and tarot cards. I, I won't be surprised. We pull that stuff up. There might be a full-blown Ouija board up under these chips. I don't I love it, dude. He is so bent out of shape and freaked out over just ba- just pieces of cardboard seriously greg it's pieces of cardboard it's fake okay it has no power over anything he cannot accept that he is obsessed with the idea that there is some kind of a a demon attached to this stuff that is trying to possess his congregation it is so entertaining to watch and so sad at the same time you know i would feel bad if the guy wasn't deeply hateful that's why in perverts are in our schools right now. And by the way, they're in our churches now too. Drag queen story hour. So you ought not use the word They ought not be one. If he didn't use slurs to refer to various groups of people, I would feel bad. But he does do that, so I don't feel bad. I'm sorry. I just, I can't. I just don't. And that brings us to our very first voicemail of the day. Check this out. Hey, Owen, this is uh, Tony from Texas. I was just watching your video here about Greg Locke uh, losing his mind over uh, tarot 
removing the chips is going to do. A roll of tape and tarot cards will stick just fine underneath their chairs. I don't know. Take care, man. Bye. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, that's a good point. So Greg Locke is so freaked out over tarot cards being stuck under the wood chips at his circus tent of a church that he's removing the wood chips and putting in turf. He's putting in grass, basically, right? That's weird because there are still chairs there. You can still stick, like, put tape on a tarot card and stick it under the chair, can't you? That's kind of interesting. Guess the dude didn't think that one through. Um, he is bound to remain freaked out over the stupidest stuff because he refuses to see reason and use logic and use basic logical thinking and recognize that tarot cards are just pieces of cardboard, nothing more, nothing less. Like I said, I'd feel bad if he weren't so hateful, just straight up hateful about everything that he says and does. If he didn't use slurs against groups of people, I would feel bad, but here we are. Hey, Owen, uh, this thing with Trump, this is about the worst crime he can commit against the United States. Do you think? Now, just a little bit of context on this. If you're watching this five years in the future, Donald Trump just got his house searched, his mansion, by the FBI because he stole classified documents that contained national defense information. I mean, real stuff. I'm talking top secret classified stuff. That isn't even supposed to leave a bunker. It's so sensitive. It, it contains, like, human asset information and nuclear weapons information, apparently. Like, we don't... We're not even allowed to know what it contains. It is so sensitive. Seriously. Extremely sensitive stuff. So let's keep listening here. Do you think it's actually going to make a difference? Are they going to do anything to remove him? Well, luckily, the guy isn't in office anymore. We don't have to remove him. But I know what you meant when you said remove him. I assume you mean, are they going to send him to jail, remove him from society? And I don't think so. No, I don't think so. But it will show that there is accountability for everybody, first of all. It will show that if you break the law, no matter who you are, there is a chance that you will be arrested for it. You are not guaranteed a free pass or a get-out-of-jail-free card. And just the knowledge that you may not get away with something may prevent people from doing it in the first place, which could preserve the democracy. We need accountability like that. Is he going to be charged for this? Probably. Is he going to jail for it? Probably not. He may get home confinement. Hell, he may even get pardoned by Biden to try to mend the blah, blah, whatever. I don't know. Who knows? I don't think he's going to spend a day in jail, but I do think he'll be charged for it. Time will tell. Hey, Owen, this is Alex. I'm uh, calling from New York, and I got a... Hey, me too. Awesome. And I got a question for you. I know in a lot of your videos you talk about um, being you know, nonviolent and um, everything, and I agree with that 100%. Um, I do have a question for you, though. What are your thoughts on the on self-defense? I ask that because uh, I actually own a martial arts school and uh, teach self-defense. And I tell everybody, you know, my, I tell everybody that fighting is stupid, but self-defense is not. So I wanted to get your thoughts on that, too. Is there like a point where violence, a quote-unquote, is necessary? Or, you know, again, I just, I, I like to say self-defense, but violence quote-unquote is necessary love the show thank you very much and uh have a good one 
Yeah, I appreciate it. Interesting question. Well, first of all, there are two different contexts in which violence is or isn't acceptable in my mind. If it's just like on a one-on-one basis, like an individual thing and somebody is attacking you, violence is 100% justified to protect yourself. If you're a woman alone in a parking lot and somebody comes up to you and they're trying to hurt you or something, violence is completely justified, no question asked. But there's another context we're dealing with, which is political violence. And I would argue there is no political issue in America today that violence would solve. I mean, really think about this for a second. We want abortion rights back, right? This is just some basic issue out there. We want abortion rights back. What violent action could we do to get it back? There's nothing. There is no act that we could perpetrate. No, nothing. Because it was a legal process that abolished it. We have to go through legal processes to reinstate it. There is no violent act that would do that for us. It has to be a legal process. So on a political stage, when we're dealing with political violence or whatever, I don't stand for it under any circumstances. Because for one thing, it wouldn't do anything for anybody. And for another thing, it would make everyone's lives around us miserable. It's not an acceptable solution to problems. I think it's totally acceptable if you are defending yourself. That's the only situation in which I think it's okay. The problem arises when people play with the word defend or violence. You know, they'll say it's okay to use violence against somebody else if they used it against you first. And then they'll play with the word violence by saying, well, by not speaking up in my defense, they're being violent against me. Silence is violence. No, no, that's that's incorrect. No, violence has a very specific definition and playing with the definition of it like that isn't helping anything or anybody in my opinion that's why i say political violence is unacceptable in any circumstances period in a realistic situation just like one-on-one kind of thing where you are physically being attacked and somebody physically strikes at you first i think it's okay self-defense is warranted that's just my take Next one's an email. The title is Just a Note About Cat Kerr Reference. Hey, Owen, years ago I watched a movie called Latter Days. Last night I decided to rewatch it, and at a point between the 32 and 33 minute mark, the bartender makes a reference to Cat Kerr that I never caught on to the first time I watched it. The bartender basically says it'll be 3 a.m. and you'll have your Visa card out and you'll be giving all your money to the crazy with the lavender hair. This time I burst out laughing, having made the connection, thanks to you been following you for a couple years now and the only criticism i have is that sometimes you allow your reminders of who these wacko mega preachers are and what they preach to go on a bit too long i appreciate that yeah if you're unfamiliar with cat kerr let me just play one basic clip let's see let's just go through you know what let's pick this one because she's wearing a snazzy outfit snaz central over here snaz city if you will doesn't get snazzier than this outfit that she's wearing right now Let's just see what she has to say. I haven't, like, vetted this yet or anything. This is from early August 2022. Here's when Angel is asking, are there skating rinks in heaven? My kids inline speed skate. And so, yes, there is uh, not just inline skating and not just roller. Yes, of course, there's roller rinks. People who are Christians who ran one because that was their gift, they'll be doing that in heaven. 
but there is extreme sports in heaven, like skateboarding, like on these hundred foot loops and jumps uh, on your skateboards. And some of them can fly. The skateboards fly. You wow. control them while you're flying on them and do all kinds of different uh, tricks and stuff there in heaven. Yeah, so that's Cat Kerr. That's who they were talking about. I appreciate the email. That's absolutely crazy, man. And regarding the reminders, yeah, typically when I do videos, I want to give reminders about who people are and break down some of the crazier things that they've said leading up to the clips that I cover. I get that can be kind of frustrating for some people, but the majority of the people that watch the videos have never seen my channel before or have never seen a video about Cat Kerr before, including any of mine. So I want to give enough lead up and explanation to who these people are and what they've said so that they have the context necessary to understand what I'm talking about in the clip. That's generally why I do breakdowns and introductions to these people. But anyways, yeah, I appreciate the email. It's really interesting. This one is titled QAnon in Australia. Hi, I'm a new fan here, and while I live in Australia, I do find some of the people you talk about fascinating. Anyhow, my question is this. How does the belief of QAnon, a very American belief, somehow appear here, where most of the ideas don't apply? I don't really understand how that sort of thing can spread here, especially considering that Australia's political environment is pretty different to America. Hope all is well. Quinton. Yeah, I appreciate the email. It's interesting how it spreads from place to place, right? I think it's spread like that, at least partly because people in other countries have family members in the U.S. who have kind of adopted the American culture as their own and hang out with family members in the U.S. and see them adopting Trumpism, the religion, and decide to pick it up for themselves. And I think it spreads from there. It's like an enthusiasm thing. They're, they're extremely excited over what Donald Trump has to offer for one reason or another. That being said, I happen to know that the prime, it's prime minister in Australia, right? I think it's the prime minister, the last one, not the current one. He was a conservative. I think his best friend was deeply entrenched in the QAnon belief system. And talked the Australian leader into starting a commission that would investigate CSA in religious organizations and government organizations to find out if there really are these rings of traffickers going around and mistreating kids and stuff and it, how rampant it is because they were convinced because of their QAnon beliefs that the government and religions were these gigantic trafficking rings and stuff thus formed the royal australian commission or the australian royal commission which is the thing that went after jehovah's witnesses to determine their level of culpability in csa child's mistreatment basically now they just so happen to be correct in going after jehovah's witnesses for their involvement or lack thereof in child mistreatment within the religion. I'm trying to be really careful how I word things. I'm sorry. They were correct by happenstance. The commission was started because of QAnon, but it did actually end up doing some good. Unfortunately for QAnon, it didn't uncover this massive ring of 
traffickers that are like controlling the government and all of these religions and the deep state and blah, 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 you know so anyway uh that that's kind of interesting it's weird to see how it spreads from country to country even when it doesn't really affect those countries and i think it's because we're all very much a connected world and the world is very america centric in many ways like the internet specifically is very heavily focused on america like everything is america 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 on the internet you know even though it like even for people who don't live here it's constantly just all about america everything that happens around them for one reason or another probably because america is like practically a game show that's just gone sideways by now and the rest of the world can't help but watch it disintegrate in front of them so Anyway, hopefully that answered your question. It was an interesting point. Thank you so much for the email. I got a voicemail from somebody, but they specifically requested I do not play their voice because they don't like the sound of it. So they, I'll just tell you what they said. They heard me talking about how Roger Stone was involved in Watergate and they begged to differ. So I went in search of it to find out if this is true. Was Roger Stone involved in it? Uh, this is an interesting little section on Roger Stone's Wikipedia page about his involvement in Watergate and with Nixon and stuff like that. So I wanted to take a look at it and see what it had to say about Roger Stone and his involvement in Watergate. Stone's political career began in earnest on the 1972 Nixon campaign with activities such as contributing money to a possible rival of Nixon in the name of the Young Socialist Alliance and then slipping the receipt to the Manchester Union leader. So Roger Stone donated to Nixon's political opponent in the name of the Young Socialist Alliance and then gave the receipt to a newspaper. That's the kind of dirty thing that Roger Stone has been doing for 50 years at this point. Seriously. That's who this guy is. That's who he's always been. Eventually, Magruder and Herbert Porter hired Roger Stone to spy on rival presidential campaigns during the 1972 Democratic Party presidential primaries. Stone subsequently hired Michael McKinaway to infiltrate campaigns of candidates such as Edmund Muskie and Hubert Humphrey. He also hired a spy in the Humphrey campaign who became Humphrey's driver. According to Stone, during the day he was officially a scheduler in the Nixon campaign, but by night I'm trafficking in the black arts. So he was a professional scumbag, basically. He went around and did scumbag things for Richard Nixon. He did whatever it took to win Nixon votes, including but not limited to setting people up, extorting them, blackmailing them, lying about them, all of that stuff. He was 20 years old, and he was Nixon's lapdog during the campaign. Nixon's people were obsessed with intelligence, he said. This is a quote directly from Roger Stone. Stone maintains he never did anything illegal during the Watergate scandal. Well, of course he would make that claim. But he was involved with Nixon and doing dirty stuff like that for the guy at the time. The Richard Nixon Foundation later clarified that Stone had been a 20-year-old junior scheduler on the campaign and that to characterize Stone as one of Nixon's aides or advisors was a gross misstatement. So maybe he didn't have anything to do with Watergate. Maybe not. He was a professional scumbag for Nixon, and he was involved in his campaign around the time all of that was happening. So I'm, I would be surprised if he wasn't involved in that to some degree, but who knows? Who knows for sure? The guy says he wasn't, so. Next, we're going to talk about Ultra MAGA going absolutely nuts over a speech Biden gave recently in Philadelphia. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. 
you're listening to the Telltale channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check out my Patreon. You can also check out my Telltale Unfiltered channel, Twitter, and Teespring. All links can be found in the description. Biden gave a speech the other day in Philadelphia. Now, a lot of people recognize Philadelphia as kind of the birthplace of democracy, if you will. And it was going to be a pretty big speech. You know, they were making a big deal out of it. and Nobody really knew exactly what he was going to say, but they suspected it was going to be something about the MAGA crowd and how extreme they've gotten. Well, guess what? That's exactly what it was. That's what his speech was all about. Trump supporters did not like that at all. Trumpists were very, very upset at his speech. And at the moment, that's pretty much all they're talking about. So I wanted to listen to his speech about Ultra MAGA, Biden's speech. I think it was September 1st when he gave it in Philadelphia. Let's listen to what he had to say. Just a couple of little excerpts and see what they're so upset about. Listen to this. But as I stand here tonight, equality and democracy are under assault. We do ourselves no favor to pretend otherwise. We, the people, have burning inside of each of us the flame of liberty that was lit here at Independence Hall. A flame that lit our way through abolition, the Civil War, suffrage, the Great Depression, world wars, civil rights, that sacred flame still burns. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Now, I want to be very clear. Okay, so he's getting claps here, but here's the main point. He called out a wing of the Republican Party that is deeply, deeply extreme. He called them out as such, and people are absolutely melting down over it. Now, I completely agree with him on this. There is an extremist branch of the Republican Party, the ultra magas, if you will, who are off the rails into crazy town. No saving them at this point. They're, they're just... Nuts. I mean, it's crazy. I cover cults for a living, and I have been for years. I cover this group because it has so many cult-like qualities, because it is so deeply extreme. They are effectively domestic terrorists, right? Keep listening to what he had to say, and then we're going to listen to some of the reactions to it. Very clear up front. <clears throat> not every Republican, not even the majority of Republicans are MAGA Republicans. Not every Republican embraces their extreme ideology. See, a lot of MAGA Republicans would completely disagree with that characterization. Okay, so Biden pointed out that not even the majority of Republicans are MAGA Republicans. I agree with that. I agree with that assessment. In fact, I think it's, I would say, as, as high as 15%. 15 to 20% are hardcore MAGA wingnuts, okay? And the reason that I cite that number is based on some polls, and it's mostly just a guess, but it's an educated guess, so take it with a grain of salt. That's just the way that I see it. 15 to 20% of the country is MAGA Republicans, right? The Republican Party itself, though, here's the problem. It is hinged to the MAGA movement and vice versa. They have no way to get around this. Regular Republicans 
can't win elections without pandering to Donald Trump a little bit. Not because he controls the party entirely, but because he controls just enough of it that there's a good chance that they're not going to win unless they let out some election conspiracy theories or whatever, right? And that's a good thing and it's a bad thing for us. It's good because the party is going to tear itself in half eventually. This is an inevitability. The party is going to tear itself in two, period. But it's a bad thing because in the process of tearing itself in half, it's going to radicalize more and more and more people as time goes on. So there are upsides and downsides to this. Keep listening to what Biden has to say here. I know because I've been able to work with these mainstream Republicans. And now America must choose to move forward or to move backwards. To build a future or obsess about the past. To be a nation of hope and unity and optimism. Or a nation of fear, division, and of darkness. MAGA Republicans have made their choice. They embrace anger. They thrive on chaos. They live not in the light of truth, but in the shadow of lies. But together, together we can choose a different path. You know, I couldn't have possibly said it better myself. I completely agree with his whole assessment here. But, you know, when he was giving this speech, if he's going to give a speech, he's going to let the press know beforehand so that they can tune in. CBS, NBC, CNN, whoever else, they'll know that he's about to hold it and they will schedule that in, right? Usually. But presidents intentionally almost never hold speeches during prime time. So, I don't know, for to 8 p.m. They won't usually hold speeches because they know that's like the highest earning time. And if it's not something really, really important and relevant, then they're not going to try to get the news stations to air it, right? But this speech was during prime time. They only ever do this, hold a speech during prime time, if it's something of grave importance. The January 6th hearings were held during prime time. Uh, I think just the first or maybe the second one. I'm not sure how many. It's very rare that they do this, but guess what? CBS and NBC specifically, I think, instead of airing the president's speech, were playing reruns of like Law & Order SVU and stuff. Seriously, instead of airing the president's speech on this extremely important subject, they were playing reruns. Some of the news stations don't take this problem as seriously as they should, in my opinion. Anyway, this next clip I wanted to play displays a stark difference between the extremism on the right and the enlightenment values that the left is espousing at this moment. Listen to what happens, okay? Biden is up here giving this speech and, he, and a heckler comes out. Start yelling F Joe Biden or something like that. Listen to how Joe Biden responds to this heckler. Look, our democracy isn't perfect. It always has been. Notwithstanding those folks you hear on the other side there. He's specifically addressing the guy yelling F Joe Biden. You can't hear it because it's not loud enough over the microphones or whatever, but that's what was happening. They're entitled to be outrageous. This is a democracy. That's a stark difference, right? It's a completely different perspective from what Trump held. When hecklers came out at a Trump rally and started saying F Trump or whatever, he said he would pay the legal fees of anybody 
who attacked them seriously. A completely different situation. Completely different approach. But history and common sense. Good manners is nothing they've ever suffered from. You see, it's a difference between authoritarianism and freedom. This is a perfect example of Biden showing respect for freedom. Trump was exhibiting authoritarian qualities by encouraging people to attack the protesters at his rallies. I mean, seriously look at the difference between the two of them and tell me that you wouldn't vote for Biden over Trump again. Seriously. Well, MAGA Republicans are not happy about this at all. This is absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, a full-blown cult. I say that with complete confidence at this point. This is Alexandria Lane. I hadn't heard of her before, but she's like a Trump supporter as far as I know. Listen to what she had to say about Biden's speech. This is just like the next day or, or maybe even the same day when this came out. I think we need Jesus up in this building because we've got Satan making speeches on TV. What was that? Hitler come back to life? I'm actually horrified to see the sitting president demonize millions of Americans for not agreeing with him, all while having the situational awareness of toddler. Okay, so she calls Biden Hitler. Here's the interesting thing about this, okay? Something that I've noticed with the right is when they're accused of something or when they know they have an image problem, they'll accuse the other side. They'll accuse their enemy of doing that thing, right? Or they will embrace it. Like Greg Locke, for example, when people accuse him of having like an us versus them mentality or whatever, he will embrace it. He'll say, yeah, it is us versus them. It is us versus them. I mean, he's he used those words. Seriously, I'm quoting him here with this person, Alexandria Lane and many others. This is the strategy on the right. When the right is accused of something, they just turn it around. They flip it on the other person. So they were very obviously accused of being authoritarians, extremists fascists in this Biden speech. So in response, they come out and accuse the left and or Biden of being authoritarian extremists. See how this works? When you're accused of something, just accuse the other person of it. In fact, if you can preempt the accusation, if you can get the accusation in before they have the chance to call you a fascist, if you can call them one first, so much the better. That's the strategy on the right. When you're dealing with like social media management or image management or whatever, like press release secretaries and, and people like that, there's such a thing as going on the offense and being on the defense. So for example, Biden forgives a bunch of student loans recently and the right is absolutely losing their minds over it, right? So what does Biden do? Biden is on the defensive because the right is accusing him of things of being, you know, a fascist who gives people free money or whatever else. What does Biden do? He goes out there. Well, the, the Biden White House, anyways. I don't know if Biden did it. He goes out there on Twitter and he grabs clips of every single person who says, you know, student loan forgiveness is wrong. You shouldn't forgive people student loans, blah, blah, blah. And he says, for example, Marjorie Taylor Greene started saying you shouldn't forgive people student loans. Biden says Marjorie Taylor Greene got like $150,000 in PPP loans forgiven. And they just did this for like an hour and a half, just going down a list of various talk show hosts who were slamming Biden for forgiving student loans 
and they were listing the PPP loans that these people had forgiven. He's dealing with being on the defense by going on the offense. That is an absolutely fantastic way to do it, right? But think about it in terms of what the ultra MAGA people are doing right now. They are going on the offense in their own defense, the same way that Biden did with the student loan stuff. Biden called them fascists. They're going to come out here and call him a fascist. They're going to pretend that he's Hitler. Literally. Seriously, they're calling him Hitler. Hitler come back to life? I'm actually horrified to see the sitting president demonize millions of Americans for not agreeing with him, all while having the situational awareness of a toddler. Okay, nobody demonized the MAGA crowd for disagreeing with him. Did she miss the part where he said that's what democracy is about when he's getting heckled? Did she miss the part where he said, you're free to disagree with me? That's democracy? No, she's completely ignoring that part because she wants to paint him as what he accused them of being. That's the problem here. It's about the fact that they're refusing to accept election results and they're actively trying to destroy the democracy that we're in and the freedom of speech and, and people's rights. Actively trying to sabotage the system because they're angry about it. Because they're angry that it exists in its current form. Having the situational awareness of a toddler. Labeling people extremists for what? Think for being extremists. That's why. Because you're extremists. Thinking freely, wanting secure borders, wanting to protect children protect our constitutional rights, have a strong economy. That no, if those were the things that they were doing, they wouldn't be considered extremists. See, that's the thing. You know, even if they weren't doing those things, but pretending to, that's what the Republican Party does. They pretend to be about the economy when in reality, the economy performs significantly better under Democrats. They pretend to be in favor of children and the border and constitutional rights and all that stuff, whatever. They can pretend that if they want, that's perfectly fine. Hell, they can pretend that they're for those things and not be for them at all. That's fine. But when they start eroding democracy, claiming that elections were fake or whatever else, that's when we have a problem. When they're actively encouraging extremism and violence, that's when we've got a problem. I forget what the number like. 50% of the country or something at this point believes that there will be a civil war in the United States in the next 10 years or something like that. It was a new study just came out about it. That's a problem. That's a problem. That's what we're complaining about right now. That was a call to hate and violence more than anything Trump ever said on January 6th. And I can't decide if the decision to have a blood red background for that speech was a massive screw up by a tone deaf White House or a deliberate effort to utilize Nazi imagery to terrorize Americans. Biden is supposed to be representing all Americans, regardless of political affiliation. Well, he does represent all Americans, regardless of political affiliation. He's the president. He represents them whether they like that or not. Just they're not going to accept that fact. It's the problem. They believe that he's illegitimate. That's the whole issue here. They believe that he wasn't elected fairly when he, in fact, was elected fairly. There was another thing she said here that was a call to hate and violence more than anything Trump ever said on January 6th. Once again, no, it wasn't. It wasn't a call to hate or violence, what Biden said or did. Whatever your enemy accuses you of, you accuse them back. Or ideally, you accuse them first. That's what it's all about. ...affiliation. Calling millions of us extremists and a threat to the country is further dividing our already divided country. Surprised he didn't throw in a hail Satan to bring it all together. I don't know. I think uh, dark times are certainly ahead whenever his last brain cell floats away. So if me being a free thinker makes me an extremist, then so be it. 
that doesn't make you an extremist, being a free thinker. Being a Trump follower who is obsessed with starting a civil war at any cost, that's what makes you an extremist. I can't believe I even have to say this. There was a Trump rally held the very next day in Pennsylvania. I don't know if that was intentional. I don't know who planned it first. Was it Trump or was it Biden who planned their event first in that area? Who knows? I don't know. Maybe it was total coincidence that Biden and Trump both held an event in the same state within like a day of each other. Who knows? But uh, yeah, it went absolutely sideways to say the least. Listen to this one. This is just like the next day. Marjorie Taylor Greene is talking about Biden's speech there happen to any American, but this is who the Democrats are, Brian. They're using their position of power and they have declared war on all of us because Joe Biden basically said in his speech that we're the enemies of the state and he's calling us extremists. He did not say that Republicans are the enemy of the state. In fact, he didn't even say that MAGA people are the enemy of the state. He said they're extremists or they're turning into extremists or they do extreme things has nothing to do with being an enemy of the state. It has to do with the fact that they're denying election results and actively trying to start a civil war. And so that's a dog whistle for violence against MAGA Republicans, and it is a continued dog whistle uh, of violence against me. Against her personally? Uh, okay. No, no, it's not. It's not a dog whistle. It's an, it was not calling for violence. It wasn't calling for arrests or any of that stuff. They have to be persecuted and they have to accuse the other side of the things that they are doing. This is an intentional strategy that they set out to do. You want to get sad? Let's get sad. Before the Trump rally, there were some kids hanging out, camping out there, waiting for the, the rally to start, apparently. Listen to this. This is, this is a couple of kids going on camera to talk about why they love Donald Trump. Why are you a Trump supporter? Because I've realized that he's the only person that actually did something in this world, and he helps um, us a lot. Yeah. And you, uh, you want to elaborate on that? You want to expand that out at all for me? Build out on that that whole idea? Because it, it currently makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. He's the only one who does anything in this world? Is that is that what she said? She's old enough to know better at this point, but... Here's the really sad part about it. She was obviously groomed to be an extremist at this point, right? Like, there's somebody in her life that has been pushing her to where she is right now. I cannot imagine a kid coming to these conclusions about Donald Trump being the greatest person alive on their own, just in a vacuum. It's really sad, dude. And you probably have good parents. What about you, Liberty? Coolest name. Shout out to your dad back there. I love that. Yeah, so um, I was... I, uh... Oh, my goodness, I'm... It's okay. Take your time. Um, I respect Donald Trump because he's probably the best president I've ever actually seen, and also he's actually helped. He, I actually got to see my family. Now I can't because all the gas prices. I can't even go and see my family that are far away now. Yeah. Wow, dude. That is so deeply sad. She couldn't see her family because gas prices were so high. You see how they're trained? They, they train people, not just kids, but like anybody. They train their followers. I'm talking the leaders of the movement. Congressmen, pastors like Kent Christmas and Johnny Enlow and all of these other people. They train their parishioners and their constituents or whatever with talking points like this. They train them to 
go with the, the most consequential culture war issue in that moment. And in that moment, it was gas prices. So that's all the parents probably talk about. Gas prices, gas prices, gas prices. Because that is the most consequential culture war issue and the kid picked up on that or they were straight up told to talk about how bad gas prices are it's really sad dude really sad despite the fact that gas prices have absolutely nothing to do with the president or vice versa first of all the president can do very little to change gas prices a little bit they can do a gas tax holiday and they can release oil from the strategic reserve and that would affect gas prices by 25 to 50 cents, maybe a dollar. Absolute, just mind-blowing maximum number. No way it's more than a dollar. But, you know, everything is Joe Biden's fault. Everything. And when Trump was in office, nothing was Trump's fault. Everything was the evil Democrats' fault. See how this works? Check this dude out. This, this guy is in my city, New York City, and he's, he's about to lose his mind over Joe Biden. Listen to this. Finish the wall, Trump 24, save America. Wow. Is there something you have to do with yesterday's speech by Biden? Absolutely. I don't remember Obama or any other president telling me directly to me, the ultra MAGA, ultra MAGA, that he doesn't like me. You know, I, I... That's not what Biden said. He didn't say he doesn't like you. He says that you're an extremist. And based on the fact that you even own a shirt and a hat matching outfit that screams, I love Donald Trump more than anything in the entire world, I'd be willing to bet Biden is correct on that assumption. No, I'm not a criminal. I'm just, you know, a New Yorker having fun, doing what I do. But for him to actually... No, he's not. He's not. That's the thing. That's the problem here. You aren't just a New Yorker doing your thing, doing what you do. Your whole personality is based around Donald Trump. If your whole personality wasn't based on Trump, if you didn't personally identify as an extremist movement, ultra MAGA, nobody would care. You could do your thing. You could be a New Yorker and do what you do. Nobody cares. You don't have to come out and scream, I'm an ultra MAGA person from the hilltops everywhere you go. This dude is completely disconnected from reality. And say that we're some kind of segmented group of second, I guess you call it a second class citizen. So yeah, it's just, we, I, I would say the same thing back to him that he said to me yesterday. He's the bad guy, not me. And that really wraps up their whole strategy here, doesn't it? All you have to do is accuse the other person of what they've just accused you of doing. Biden just said ultra MAGA is an extremist wing of the Republican Party, and people are losing their minds over it. They're really, really upset. So their strategy is to accuse the Democrats or accuse the left of being extreme. No, you are. That's it. No, you. It's a propaganda technique, and it's working. Really, really sad stuff. Something interesting about this guy, though. <laughs> Check this out. This is another video that he was apparently in. Listen to this one. White power! Oh, yeah. Maybe don't shout that out when cameras are around next time. Now, to be fair, I don't know what the context was here. Sometimes people yell things like that to be facetious because people call them white supremacists and they don't feel like they are white supremacists. So they will facetiously pretend to be 
nutcases, even though they know that they're not nutcases. So he may not actually believe in that. He may not actually be like a white supremacist in his mind, like consciously or whatever. And he may be making fun of the fact that people call him that. But you know what? Whether he consciously believes in white supremacist ideologies, whether he believes in that stuff or not, he's supporting systems that perpetuate it. So... You don't get a free pass on this, man. I'm sorry. So that was people's reaction to Joe Biden's speech, his recent speech about the fact that the MAGA movement is an extremist movement. They are not happy about it. Is the U.S. going to overcome the MAGA threat eventually? Are we going to come to a point where people can step away from this movement? Like when Donald Trump passes away in 10, 15, 20 years, are people going to come back to reality? Or is this going to be on our backs as a country until the end of time? Like this is very obviously formed into a full-blown cult. Uh, Not just a cult, but a religious cult. Okay, they don't have to be religious necessarily. This one is. Are we stuck with it? Let me know what you think in the comments or on Twitter at Telltale Atheist. The fact that such a high percentage of Americans are attracted to such immature emotional strategies really points to how emotionally stunted the population is, and it makes me wonder why. An intentional thing. It's intentional. It's not just emotionally stunted. It's also educationally stunted. That is also intentional. Republicans have been eroding the public education system for a long, long time now. Years and years and years. Decades, maybe? And they've really picked it up in recent years, doing everything that they can to destroy the public education system. And they seem to be succeeding a little bit. Pretty, pretty unfortunate. There was a woman who wrote a letter to the school board in her district recently trying to get a teacher fired, a second grade teacher, for teaching kids about pronouns. Not asking them for their pronouns, not teaching them about transgenderism. I mean, teaching them what a pronoun is. Second grade. That's when pronouns are taught. I mean, people realize pronouns are a part of the English language, right? The word I is a pronoun. The word we, you, us, they're pronouns. It's not just like, left-wing, you know, trans people or whatever else that are talking about pronouns. They're literally a part of the English language. I'm not really sure they realize that. Seriously. Woman is trying to get a teacher fired from her job for teaching the kids what a pronoun is. That's where we're at. They're trying to destroy the public education system right now. Next, we're going to talk about Latinos for Trump founder Bianca Grazia completely turning on her god emperor, Donald Trump. Give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check out my Patreon. You can also check out my Telltale Unfiltered channel, Twitter, and Teespring. All links can be found in the description. This is Latinos for Trump founder Bianca Grazia, and she is an extremely influential Trump supporter, Trump leader, Trump influencer. Well, she just came out with a new video recently, a new clip where she denounced the God Emperor of all people, deeply surprised by this. So I wanted to give you a little bit of lead up and explain who she is and see how she came to the point where she was even willing to effectively denounce Donald Trump. 
absolutely mind-blowing that she did in the first place. Take a look at this first clip. This is her having a conversation the night of January 5th, before January 6th took place. She's having a conversation with the leader of Lawyers for Trump, which is the second person from the right here. Bianca Grazia is the person on the far right in the white shirt here. Then we got the leader of Lawyers for Trump. And then in the middle, in the back with the black shirt, this is the leader of Vets for Trump. And then this person to the left of him, second from the left, is Amanda Chase, a senator. And then on the far left, we've got Oath Keepers leader, Stuart Rhodes, who is, I believe, currently in jail for the events that took place on January 6th. And they're in this room having a conversation with each other the night of January 5th about raising an army for Donald Trump. Listen to this clip. The sisters coming back and those are coming on the U.S. shores that are uh, having to deal with some type of PTS or things from being downrange. Well, those that same community are the most well-trained, crucible-trained combat veterans this world has ever seen. And they are the brother, the sister, the uncle, those of the you uh, all across it, those who even would uh, open up and uh, help you buy your shoes, okay? There are veterans out there that are well-trained that can immediately present be brought in as a special group and be utilized in any way, shape, or form. So he's saying, this is the leader of Vets for Trump. He's saying he has basically gathered a tactical militia that can be raised as an army instantly and sent into the field to execute an operation for Donald Trump. That's what he's talking about right now. At his disposal. And we have a million just in Vets for Trump right now standing at the ready, let alone those within one degree of separation and the six million that didn't even vote before that now voted in the 2016 election. So here we sit at a precipice of change where we have the community that's ready to step in, do what is needed. We have those that are, the president has all the power and the authority to do so. And he has all the backing of we, the people and the 80 million that voted for him. Yeah, in fact, that's, that's yeah so the... <laughs> 80 million people did not vote for Donald Trump. I caught that at the very end, the 80 million people that voted for him. He didn't get 80 million votes. I'm sorry, man. That didn't happen. You live in a fantasy land if you think that. I wonder if he still thinks that. I mean, this is like two years ago, and I, I don't know if this guy specifically went to jail or not, um, the Vets for Trump guy. Let's find out. The name's Josh Mattias, I think. No, no, maybe not. Maybe it is Josh Mathias. I can't find out. I was looking to see if this dude spent any time in jail for what happened on January 6th, but I'm having trouble figuring out if he was one of the rioters or not. Anyway, dude is a loyal, devoted follower of Donald Trump, obviously, and very plainly and clearly told us that he is willing to lead an army on behalf of Donald Trump. If that's not treasonous or seditious, I don't know what is, really. Yeah, in fact, us, us veterans, it's hilarious. This is Stuart Rhodes. He is in, in a lot of trouble for what he did on January 6th. Uh, leader of the Oath Keepers comes up and starts speaking next. Yeah, in fact, us, us veterans, it's 865 under federal statute, still are subject to being called up as the militia. It goes from 17 to 45 if you're not a veteran. If you're a veteran because of our prior experience and training. So he's saying that... Uh, According to the laws, veterans can be called up to act within a militia until age 65. I don't know how true that is. That could be completely made up. But even if it were true, that statute, that is a statute of the federal government. That's U.S. law, not Trump law or whatever. They could possibly be called back to 
work within the military, the U.S. military, not the Trump military. Completely different. You can call us up right now. As a right now. And, put us to work. and then he has the ability with special groups so he can pull them in in other ways as well. And we can intake all of them and properly place them wherever he needs it. So he has at the standing at the ready, well-trained, crucible-trained veteran volunteers that are at the ready right now. Well-trained, crucible-trained veteran volunteers who are ready now. That's insane, dude. That's insane. Jesus Christ, dude. And Bianca Grazia, once again, is one of these people sitting in this group with them talking about raising an army for Donald Trump. She was in it, dude. She was right in the middle of it. Loved Donald Trump that much, okay? So she runs for office, as it turns out. She lost. I talked about it when it happened, like her her whole run-up and everything else. But let me show you what she had to say when she was running for office. This is mid-February 2022. So she just lost, like not long ago. I'm not sure what election was happening in mid-February, but maybe it was early primaries. Anyway, listen to what she had to say in her election, like leading up to her election. You know, today I just just finished an interview with some pastors. And I told them, I said, Straight up, straight up. I said, I'm only going to win if the church shows up. Yeah, I love how she pops the P there. Did you hear that? Turn your headphones up for a second and really listen into what she says. Church shows up. Shows up. Shows up. Love it. Love it to death. Okay, so she's only going to win if the church shows up, right? If the church shows up. That's it. If you do not show up, then you will be held accountable. Did she just pop that P again? Do not show up, then you will be held accountable because I have been appointed and assigned for this position. And the- I've been appointed and assigned to this position, i.e. God ordained me to be in this position. And if you don't show up to vote for me, despite the fact that God wants me in this position. The God is testing you all. I don't have anything else to say to you other than that. So you're going to either have to show up and show out or you're going to have to deal with it with, with the Lord and or you go to hell vote for me or you go to hell. That's what she just said. Effectively. That's nuts, dude. That's nuts. Like I said, she lost. So I guess there are an awful lot of evangelicals that'll be going to hell soon. I'm not saying that lightly and I'm not saying it in a very horrific way either, but that's where we're at in at this point. That's where we're at. We've drawn the line. We're past the party lines. We are now fighting a very evil, evil, demonic. It's a hierarchy. It's just a hierarchy. Just, just evil. Yeah, it is. You're exactly right. Wow, dude. That is so deeply sad. So, yeah, that's Bianca Grazia. I wanted to watch her campaign ad because, believe it or not, it gets even weirder than what we've already seen up to now. Again, this is from mid-February 2022. Watch. Just, you got to see it to believe it. Just watch this. Even now in America, there are endless mandates. An intentional crippling of our economy. An invasion at our border. Okay, there were no mandates in February 2022. In fact, there were never vaccine mandates. It's not a mandate if there's a way out. And there was a way out. You could take a test every week. If you tested negative for COVID once a week, you didn't have to get vaccinated. So at no point were there mandates. 
And what was that about, okay, border invasion, poverty? Can't imagine the border invasion thing made her very popular among Hispanics. Really surprised she decided to go down that road, but okay. Disrespect of our law enforcement, our soldiers, and our veterans. A failing public education system for our children. The all-out attack on our health. Notice she's not even whipping it. She's just swinging it around. She's just swinging it around. Ugh, it's ridiculous. And the slaughter of our precious preborn children. Texas has never rolled over for anyone. Texas is a state of fighters. And in 2022, we definitely have a fight on our hands. I had no desire at all to run for policy. Yeah, I can't even finish it, dude. This is rough. This is really, really rough. So that's that's Bianca Grazia. Like I said, she lost, so we lucked out because she was a nutter butter of epic proportions. But here's where it gets really interesting. Since all of that, she's come out and had some things to say about Donald Trump. She's obviously a Trump devotee, right? Loves the dude with everything in her. Would do anything for the guy. And here we are, late August 2022. And she comes out here and has some things to say about Donald Trump. Listen to this because I did not listen to your voice. I didn't go seek your counsel. I stopped. Whatever it is, you've got to do what you've got to do. You're going to keep getting attacked because if you do not surround yourself with people who are used to fighting principalities in a spiritual realm, you're going to get your butt handed to you every single time. And I don't know if he just doesn't know that. I think he's been he definitely doesn't have Hispanic evangelicals around him. I can tell you that. I, I so what she's saying, this is so fascinating. What she's saying here is that Donald Trump is being attacked in the spiritual or whatever. You know, the Mar-a-Lago search where the FBI went in and searched for classified documents like national security documents or whatever. She's saying that that happened because he is fell out of God's good graces or whatever. Isn't that interesting? See, there are two perspectives that people could take on this. The first perspective is Donald Trump has lost the mandate of heaven and people are really, really upset with him. You know, Jesus is really upset with him, doesn't want him to be president anymore or whatever else. And that's why he's making his life so miserable. That's the first perspective to take, and that's the one she seems to be taking. Or alternatively, you could view this as like persecution, like the Democrats are pers persecuting Donald Trump. Joe Biden overturned God's election, even though God wanted Trump to win, overturned God's prophecy because he wanted power so badly or whatever else. Like neither of them make any sense, honestly, because I don't believe in any of this in the first place. But it's fascinating to me that she picked the one where Donald Trump lost the mandate of heaven. They seem to both make an equal amount of sense to me, which is to say none. Why did she pick the one that gives Trump the worst position possible, the worst perspective possible? She simply turned on Donald Trump. That's it. She thinks he lost the mandate of heaven and there's nothing more to it, it seems to me. And she's blaming that on the fact that he, that he doesn't have like evangelicals around him or whatever else, right? He doesn't have like evangelical pastors at Mar-a-Lago hanging out with him 24-7 and praying over him or whatever. He's not involved enough with evangelicals, I guess. Know that? I think he's been, he definitely doesn't have Hispanic evangelicals around him. I can tell you that. I, I know it. I, we see it. I, I don't know why they would have to be Hispanic, but okay. There's no, uh, you know, faith leaders coming in and out of Mar-a-Lago right now. There's nobody out there counseling him, his family, praying with him. You know, you know, your house has just been raided. 
Where's the Hispanic evangelicals? Why do they have to be Hispanic? I don't understand. There are like a billion evangelicals. Where's any evangelical? I don't care if you're Hispanic or not. Where is the the faith leaders? Where are they? But you know what? They can't just appear and go knock on Mar-a-Lago. He needs to be the one to invite him in and say, okay, look, look, this world has gone chaotic and it's mad. Obviously, I'm doing something wrong. I need my spiritual leaders back in here. Spiritual leaders need to come back in here. We need to figure this out. We need to pray. We need strategy. I don't know what else to do. You need to go in your prayer closet because let me tell you something. You don't want to put me in front of Trump. I'd be, the first thing I'd say to him is, sir, first of all, I ain't even going to talk to you because you need to go in a prayer closet. You need to find a closet. You better go get on your knees and you better pray and repent for whatever it is because you've offended the Lord. You were chosen to lead this country and you've offended him in some big way. And you, that's why you're not in the White House right now. Wow, that's fascinating, right? So she is straight up blaming Donald Trump for all of his ills. I mean, correctly, right? She's blaming him correctly. This is absolutely 100% his doing. But she doesn't think that it's his doing exactly. She thinks that he offended God and now God is punishing him. So that's a little bit different than the actual situation. But anyway, that is really interesting that she's blaming him for this. The weird thing about this, though, is that Trump is surrounded by evangelicals. Well, first of all, I'm not sure what she means by surrounded by evangelicals. Does she mean like Donald Trump hangs out with like Hank Kuhneman 24-7? Like has him as like a member of his posse or something? It is just follows him around like his hype man or whatever. You know, every time Donald Trump says something, Hank Kuhneman's there behind him like repeating it and putting on shades and all that stuff and standing with his arms like this and saying yeah take that you know every time donald trump insults somebody in real life is that what she was looking for because he's never had that as far as i know but he's always 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 had the backing of evangelical faith leaders right since they prophesied from god that donald trump was going to win the 2016 and 2020 elections they have always been behind him so i'm really not sure what she's even going on about right now like what's she upset about oh that was the end of the video wow i paused it at a super opportune time i mean look at this this is hank kuneman just the other day talking about donald trump and how he still loves him and everything They want to sit there and call a guy who did not win the election. And it it makes me laugh when prophets say that they heard that that Biden would win the election. Well, you're, you're a wrong prophet. He didn't win. He lost the election. No, Biden won the election. Donald Trump lost. Just want to set that straight. The point is, there are people out there like prophets right now or supposed prophets right now claiming that, you know, all this stuff standing behind Donald Trump still to this day. I mean, look at this one. This is Johnny Enlow. This is from late August, early September 2022. There's already been a decertification. There is an understanding, a decertifying of the 2020 election. I tell you, 100 percent it has happened wow. In, wow. in heaven. Go uh, And I'm saying as well, from the very beginning, people keep asking when Trump's coming back. And I said, he never left. He has been (laughs) president. He has not stopped being president. He is legally the president of the United States of America. Okay, let's just ignore the fact that that is completely delusional. The point here is that the faith leaders are standing behind Trump. They have been. They, They never left him. What changed here? What changed about her perspective? Something changed. And now the leader of Latinos for Trump has turned against him. That is absolutely fascinating to me.
offended him in some big way. And you, that's why you're not in the White House right now. She just she came out against Trump. And that was honestly one major power base behind him that's turned on it. This is what we need. We need more of this. We need more of these blank for Trump groups turning on him. You know, lawyers for Trump, vets for Trump, Latinos for Trump, whoever. We need them to turn on him like Bianca Grazia did here. And one more thing, if the FBI or the January 6th committee doesn't have this video yet, which they may not, I don't know, somebody should send this to them. Absolutely not. I posted it on my Twitter if you guys want to check that out. Anyway, if there's anything that you disagree with me on about this or, or any comments you want to leave me, just drop it down below or let me know on Twitter at Telltale Atheist. Next, we're going to talk about just how extreme Pennsylvania governor candidate Doug Mastriano really is and how he manipulates people into thinking he's not extreme at all. Give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check out my Patreon. You can also check out my Telltale Unfiltered channel, Twitter, and Teespring. All links can be found in the description. This is Doug Mastriano. Now, if you're unfamiliar, he is the Pennsylvania gubernatorial candidate right now. He's running for governor in Pennsylvania, and he is as extreme as it gets. Seriously. People say that about some Republicans because they don't like him or whatever. No, this dude is as extreme as it gets. He got himself into some hot water recently for being caught wearing a Confederate soldier uniform. Seriously, wearing a Confederate soldier uniform, of all things. He's being criticized for it, naturally. So he goes on, is this One American News? I think this is One American News Network. Either that or Newsmax. Anyway, this is Dan Ball, I believe, the guy on the left here. He went on his show to talk about it, right? Listen to the excuses he gives for wearing a Confederate soldier's uniform. Let's just listen. You know, as one of the faculty historians, uh, you know, there's a handful of us that are actually doctors of history at the War College at the time and uh, gave many, many tours, hundreds of tours of the battlefield, which is just 40 minutes south of War College. And, and like I said, it's around a corner from my house here. So he was at a military academy, I think. And he was he took a picture with the faculty uh, historians, I guess. And they dressed up as historical characters and he decided to dress up as a Confederate soldier. Not a Union soldier, a Confederate soldier. Why the Confederacy? Why did he pick that one to wear? He could have put himself on the side of the winners of the battle. Could have put himself on the side that didn't hate black people because of the color of their skin. Chose not to, I guess. Chose to wear the uniform of a group of people who absolutely hated black people and tried to destroy the country. And uh, I think it's important we understand the past so in, uh, to have a better future and also not. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. That's why I would recommend you wearing a union outfit instead of Confederate outfit. Why Confederate? Why Confederate, Doug? Future and also not to repeat the mistakes of the past. Exactly. And so, you know, my, my I know he's got God have mercy in your soul. You know, what's, what's <laughs> the irony was, you know, there I am just dressed up as a uh, regular soldier uh, that. Uh, all the leaders 
of the Confederacy were Democrats. All the slaveholders, which made up a very small proportion of, of the Confederate army, uh, were slaveholders mm-hmm. that were Democrats. And the fal- See, this is such a dirty little trick. This is one of the most manipulative little tricks that there are. There was a party switch in the 1960s and 70s, uh, roughly, in that time frame. There was a lot of confusion over what the parties stood for because Richard Nixon came in and started using dog whistles. So Richard Nixon was running as a liberal. He was running for the party that was on the left. And while running for the party on the left, Richard Nixon was dog whistling to Southern racists. This is called the Southern strategy. It was an actual full-blown strategy that Richard Nixon was doing. He was saying things that weren't exactly racist, really. They just kind of sounded mostly normal to people on the left, but the Deep South racists who really had a problem with the black community, they heard what he was saying, and they connected the dots. And that's when they decided to vote for him. That was the whole bit. That was his whole goal. And as a result, he got the left-wing vote because they didn't realize that what he was doing was like dog-whistling to Southern racists, And he got the right-wing vote because he was dog-whistling to Southern racists. And as a result, he got every state, every single state to vote for him, except for Massachusetts. Ohio, Florida, California, New York, Alabama, Georgia, every single one voted for Richard Nixon because of the strategy that he ran, appealing to the left, but secretively appealing to the far right. And that's when the parties switched. From that point forward, the left-wing party beforehand was the Republican Party, the party that was for freedom. They freed the slaves, the Republican Party did. And when Richard Nixon came along and started dog-whistling to the Southern racists, that's when the Republican Party really turned into what it is now, or a precursor to what it is now. That's why these people talk about how Democrats were the party of slavery and everything else. Yeah, that's accurate. Up until Richard Nixon, they were. And then Richard Nixon pulled the Southern racists over to vote for him. And that's when the Southern racists became the Republican Party. He knows that, right? He knows that. He must. He can't possibly not know that. Republicans play this trick constantly. They play on, it's a manipulation tactic that they use to play on the ignorance of the voter base. Here's another prime example. This is a Republican person running for Congress. He's uh, Jerome Davison playing on that same fear and ignorance. Democrats like to say that no one needs an AR-15 for self-defense. That no one could possibly need all 30 rounds. But when this rifle is the only thing standing between your family and a dozen angry Democrats in Klan hoods. There you go. You just might need that semi-automatic in all 30 rounds. The point is they've been playing on this fear and ignorance since the beginning. Since the the parties switched, they've been playing on this fear and ignorance. And that's exactly what he's doing here. He can't not know the parties switched, right? He's all about history, historical information, and, and blah, blah, blah. That's the pretend reason he's giving for dressing up as a Confederate soldier in the first place, right? He must know what he's doing here. It's purely manipulative, it seems to me. 
founders of the KKK were the Democrats. Those who perpetuated Jim Crow laws of segregation were Democrats. You yeah. see, there, there's a problem here. The Republican Far Party, of course, was, uh, was uh, formed to get rid of slavery. He must know. He can't possibly not know. He went to a military academy. He, he must know all of this information. Okay, so here's the question, right? He got himself in some hot water. He's got some plausible deniability here, though, it seems to me. Like, maybe he's not as extreme as he seems at face value. So let's just go through some of the things he's said and done and some of the people he knows and see if he really is as extreme as people are saying he is, okay? Let me introduce you to Larry Gators. This is Larry here. And his friends, Francine Fosdick. Francine and Dan, maybe? I don't remember her husband's name. Anyway, Francine's the important one. Francine Fosdick and Larry Gators. Listen to what they have to say. This, this comes full circle in a second, so bear with me. Tom Hanks is dead. Newsflash. <laughs> Tom Hanks is dead. Shot out of a cannon. Right. Joe Biden is dead. Yes. Okay. Come on. He took the the shot. Clintons are dead. Okay. Yeah. Yes. You've got clones running this country. Right. See, I got the testicular fortitude to say what needs to be said. Why? Because I'm a man of God. Amen. Yes. You have to. Truth. Truth you got these pumped pre. Well, I, I, I don't want to lose my 501c3. Oh, bishop, so on. we have to use wisdom. Stop. Okay. You need to sit down and shut up. This is so cringy. I can't stand it. Oh my God. I literally want to vomit because it's so cringy. Oh, please. Please stop, Larry. That's right. That's right. I, I say as I hit the play button again. Shut up. Yes. That's right. That's right. No, that's okay. Right. Exactly. So exactly. Trump is surrounded by the military mm -hmm. at Mar-a-Lago. Yes. That's Trump right. has the nuclear codes. That's right. Trump has the military who turned their back on Joe Biden. That's right. right. That's right. And Trump has Air Force One. Patriots, on. QAnons, President Trump is still the president. Okay, so let's just kind of wrap this up in a neat little package and kind of analyze the things that he just said. He identifies as a QAnon, or obviously. He just called out to them, you know, patriots, QAnons, blah, blah, blah. So he's a QAnoner. That's point number one. Point number two, Joe Biden is dead and replaced with a clone is what he believes. Point number three, Tom Hanks and Oprah are like these evildoers who are always getting into shenaniganery and causing problems for people. And point number four, Donald Trump is still president and he controls the military and Air Force One and everything else. None of that's true, but it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter to this guy. He's going to say it anyways and believe it seemingly. Absolutely nutty, dude. Absolutely nutty. There is a point to this and it relates back to Doug Mastriano. Stick with me. Check this one out. Francine Fosdick again, our old friend, talking to Mark Taylor. Mark Taylor is a Trump prophet. He's one of the Trump cult leaders, and he is used as proof that Trump is like an agent of God or whatever, because he claims to have had a prophecy, claims to have been given a prophecy from God that Trump was going to run for president and win and blah, blah, blah is ridiculous, but that's neither here nor there. Listen to this. This is the night of the election, November 4th, 2020, when this conversation happened. 
Check this out. Why do you think Trump calls these guys names all the time? Because you're not dealing with humans most of the time. You're, you're dealing with entities. You're dealing with beings. Some of them aren't human, but you're dealing with beings. Right. You know, they inhabit a body. You know what I mean? So this is back to the whole lizard person thing. You know, people are, they're lizard people that are running politics and they're evil and they're demons and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, this is why he has no problems doing that. You, you know what I mean? You had a list of pastors out there that was made headlines that was supporting Biden. They were pro-life pastors. We disagree on the pro-life or the pro-choice thing, but we're supporting Biden. Are you kidding me? Let me tell you something. Every Christian Every pastor out there that voted for Joe Biden last night, you have bought a curse upon yourself and your family, your children, and your children's children down to the third and fourth generation, and you need to repent. I don't care if you are pro-life. You cannot call yourself a Christian and call yourself a, a Republican or, or vote for Biden. You know what I mean? Or call yourself a Democrat. I mean, or whatever it is. You call yourself a Democrat and a Christian, it doesn't matter. If you voted for the dark side, that's what you did. You are implementing the dark agenda, Satan's agenda. The kingdom of darkness. You are not supporting the kingdom of God. And if you cannot see that, you have. if you do not repent, judgment will fall upon you, I believe, and your family and your children's children down to the third and fourth generation. That's insane. That is absolutely insane. Seriously. How, what do you even say to this? How do you respond to this? You have brought a curse upon your family to the third and fourth generation if you vote for Biden? That's nuts dude and that and there are lizard people running the government that's nuts and here's francine fosdick herself talking about equally as unhinged stuff with her friend kirsten weldon sadly this person right here this is kirsten weldon she died of covid encouraged people not to wear masks told them that if you get a vaccine then you know blah, 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 whatever nonsense she believed about it you know you're you're gonna turn into a lizard person and satan's gonna take you into this layer or whatever i don't know and after saying all that stuff about the vaccine she died of covid so francine fosdick and kirsten weldon have a conversation about joe biden listen to this biden yeah he took the shot so that's another way of saying okay he's eliminated as well because that's not really Biden behind that mask. I mean, you know, some people- His eyes are black. What The other yeah. Biden had blue eyes. What happened? Right, yeah, exactly. Unless he's totally possessed, which could be, you know, uh, true. Um, you know. Okay, I guess so. Taken over by demons and stuff. Wow, okay. Really sad, dude. Really sad that these people are where they're. They're obviously QAnoners, all of them, right? Kirsten Weldon, self-proclaimed QAnoner. Francine Fosdick claims to be a QAnoner. I mean, she says that herself. She's a QAnoner. This isn't like a label that I've put on her. These are names that they give themselves. Kirsten Weldon, Francine Fosdick, Mark Taylor, self-proclaimed QAnoner, right? Larry Gators, again, self-proclaimed QAnoner. Well, Francine Fosdick held a conference called Patriots Arise, in April 2022, late April. And guess who attended and spoke at the conference? Our old buddy, Doug Mastriano, governor candidate of Pennsylvania. God is really working in our state. I know things are dark. I know it's not gonna be easy, but we're gonna win on May 17th with your help. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
And in November, we're going to take our state back. My God will make it so. It's going to be beautiful. Pennsylvania is going to be the freest, most hopeful, most constitutionally based state in the nation. People are going to want to move here and Maryland as well. <laughs> I think he mentioned Maryland because there's some Maryland politician there who's trying to get exposure also. <laughs> We're going to unleash the potential, the energy and resources God has given us underneath our feet here. It's going to be a place of prosperity and hope. See, Patriots Arise, Awakening the Dead, That this sign in the background is what that says there. All run by Francine Fosdick, self-proclaimed QAnoner. In this video, in a minute or two, he also says he wants to make Florida look like amateur hour. You think Ron DeSantis is doing absolutely insane stuff right now? Just wait until I become governor of Pennsylvania. That's what he said. A few minutes later, Francine Fosdick is actually up on stage with this fine-looking gentleman in the American flag shirt and hat and the all-American beer belly here handing over this sword of David. They're bestowing upon Doug Mastriano this sword of David in honor of the fact that he came here to give a speech or whatever at Francine's conference, Patriot Arise. The guy is very obviously linking himself to QAnoners. I'm getting the impression that he doesn't want to come out and call himself a QAnoner, but you know, you attend a QAnon conference, you deal with people who directly call themselves QAnoners. You connect yourself this closely with this movement. You're part of it as far as I'm concerned. Like, you're inextricably linked at this point. This is who he's trying to pander to. This is whose attention he's trying to get, okay? Any Republican with, with two brain cells in their head would disavow this insane stuff. They would disavow anybody who says Joe Biden is a clone or Joe Biden is a lizard person or if you voted for him, you're cursed to the third and fourth generations or China is using a weather gun and aiming it at the U.S. and testing it and Joe Biden is getting paid from China to allow them to test their weather gun on the U.S. It's just nuts, dude. It's nuts. I didn't play that clip for you, but it's out there of Kirsten Weldon and Francine Fosdick having that conversation about the weather gun. It's nuts, okay? There's no excuse for going to this conference and making an appearance with them. None. I don't care what you have to say. You disavow it or you stand with them. And right now you're standing with them, being gifted a sword of David by them. The next day he goes on the, like some, he gets interviewed by some news network or whatever. And they ask him about his appearance there at the Patriots Arise conference. Listen to his response. Today, the Philadelphia Inquirer reported you attended a conference last week in Gettysburg hosted by a couple who publicly call themselves prophets of QAnon. What can you tell us about that? And do you consider yourself a member of that group? 30 seconds. Yeah, it's funny how the media likes to paint anyone to disagree with on the right, on the conservative side, as some kind of extremist. I, I don't know that those two ever said that. I would oh, they said it. Yes, they did, as a matter of fact. And I, I feel confident in saying that I have proven without a shadow of doubt that these people are far-right QAnon nutcases, 
right? First of all. And second, it's interesting to look at the propaganda technique that he's taking here. So he is implicitly disavowing them as extremists by saying, it's funny how the left wants to paint you as an extremist if you don't believe the way that they do. But at the same time, a QAnoner that's hearing that wouldn't really feel like he's calling them an extremist, right? This is how a dog whistle works. By saying that exact phrase, he's appealing to both the moderates and the extremists. People are worried that he's going QAnon. Well, he's blaming the left for painting him as an extremist, saying that he went to a QAnon conference. If a QAnoner is listening to this, they're going to hear him saying, QAnon isn't an extreme ideology, and it's ridiculous for you to call them extremists. That's the propaganda style that he's using right now. And remember, this dude went to like a military school at one point. I don't remember exactly what he got a degree in or what he learned. I think it was military strategy is what he learned. I would not be surprised at all if he learned all about you know, psychological warfare and propaganda techniques and things like that would not. I'd be surprised if he didn't learn about that stuff, honestly, while wearing his Confederate uniform. It's funny how the media likes to paint anyone to disagree with on the right, on a conservative side as some kind of extremist. I, I don't know that those two ever said that. I was there, of course, speaking with many of my constituents and people from across the state. And it's very unfair. And, and people across the state are sick and tired of being labeled something because you disagree with them politically. Oh, he's the victim, right? He's such a victim. So mistreated. Poor fella. Seriously, the guy's an extremist. Plain and simple. I feel I've proven that without a shadow of a doubt at this point. He associates with extremists. He says extreme things himself. He's an extremist. And there is no excuse for wearing a Confederate uniform when it was an optional thing. Like, you had the choice of what uniform you wanted to wear. You could have worn a Union one, could have worn a Confederate one. You chose to wear the Confederate one. No excuse, man. I don't care. You can go on this show with Dan Ball or whoever all you want and make up things about whatever excuse you want to use. I don't care. There's no excuse for that. The guy is an extremist, and we need to make sure we vote in Pennsylvania to keep him out of office. We cannot have this guy in office. It would honestly be a disaster. If I've said anything you disagree with, let me know in the comments or on Twitter at Telltale Atheist. Thoughts on Civil War reenactments with people in both blue and gray as historical performance? I will say it's kind of weird he's from Pennsylvania and picked gray when he should know it's not a good look for him. That's okay. You know, you want to do Civil War reenactments? That's totally fine with me. I'm totally okay with that. This was an optional picture where he wasn't expected to be, like, on the Confederate or the Union side. You know, if you're, like, expected to be on one side or another for reenactment purposes, that's fine with me, honestly. This was just his free choice. He chose of his own free will for no particular reason to be a Confederate instead of a Union soldier. Why? Why? One can only draw conclusions from that. Mastriano was at the Capitol on January 6th. I know. I know. I remember hearing about that. There's a video of him at the Capitol, matter of fact. Really, really messed up. The, I'm, I have no idea how the guy didn't isn't in jail right now. I Maybe he didn't go into the Capitol directly. I'm not sure. Either way, we've got, we don't need him as a governor. we got to keep him out of the governorship by voting. Vote like your life depends on it because, oh my God, dude, this guy is absolutely unhinged. Not good. Thank you guys for coming and giving this a listen, and I will talk to you next week.
If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, you can support me in a few ways. First, there's Patreon. That's probably the best way. But if you want to get something back for your support, you can check out my Teespring. I sell all kinds of shirts and coffee cups and stuff on there. You can also check out my other channels. I have a Telltale Unfiltered YouTube channel where I go through long-form videos like Kent Hovind's seminar series, Jehovah's Witnesses TV show, and televangelists prophesying about politics. And finally, you can check out my social media. If you have a question for me, the best way to ask it is to tweet it at me. I'm on there all the time, so check it out. All links are in the description as always. Anyways, that's all I've got for you. Thanks for listening.